Thursday Finance on 2NURFMs. And before we get on to currencies and commodities, Stephen Pritchard, I see in the paper that uh, the typical household waste in Australia is about 14% of the food that the household buys, and that's every week. Um, young city dwellers are the worst, but um, I think it seems all of us are a bit to blame in that um, doesn't do much for the household budget, though, does oh, it? It doesn't surprise me. I mean, people go down to, to the shop. I, mean, I know from, you know, we, we've all done this, including Jane, you know. People go down to the shop. They've all got all these wonderful things that aren't special, and you think, oh, look, I'll, I'll just buy that cauliflower this week. It's only $2, and then... It'll last. It'll last, and, of course, at the end of the next week, oh, it's all brown, I'll throw that away, and, you know. So so people need to do, you know, the way, the way to cut this down is, is they basically need to do a... a a, a, a meal plan for the week, work out what they're going to buy and just buy that and, and you'll save the 14, 14%. You know, 14%. Yeah. I'm surprised it's not even more expensive. I mean, you go down there and there's the strawberries on special. I mean, they, they actually usually do get eaten. But the strawberries are on special or the mangoes are on special this week and you'll, get a, you'll buy two mangoes in special. That, that's another thing. You, know, you only really want one. But it'll, it'll be $3 each or two for five. And so you'll buy the two for five, think you're saving $2, but you're really not. You're really not. You're really not. <laughs> you're in fact spending so two I, I think, more than you. So I think, you know, if people want to, uh, and I think people would be shocked, uh, you know, really, if they added up, went to their cupboard and looked in their cupboard and they bought these various sauces and things and, 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 and you know, that were on special at the time and we're, we're going to make some rag and joss or chicken something or other. So I think what you need to do is do it, is just like anything else you do, like we're going to talk about charities in a minute do a budget do a meal do a do a meal plan um work out how much you uh, you know what 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 you what you've got have a look in the cupboard what you've got there to start with see what you can use up do a meal plan and just buy the things you need don't 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 fall into the trap of buying these specials uh, um, uh, and, and, and and that you're not going to eat. So we have to be organised, do we? Oh, basically, you have to be organised. Um, you have to be organised, you know, and buy exactly what you buy exactly what you what what you need for the week or wherever you go shopping, and nothing else. All right. And probably don't take the kids with you. I wonder if uh, if we all do that and buy exactly what we need and don't take the kids, um, are we then going to affect uh, the prices of commodities? We'll probably make them go lower because the demand will fall. <laughs> How so are they going say, at the moment? They'll probably... F- <laughs> Oh, come on, I thought you meant stuff you're buying in the shop. Well, this was a segue. (laughs) Okay, you were tricking me. Okay, so the price of gold, the gold price was up 1.4% this week to $1,655 an ounce. Uh, The copper price was up 1.7% to $9,014 a tonne. And the oil price continues to go up to uh, up 2.6% of the week to $75.74 a barrel. Yeah, we'll see what happens at the Bowser in just a moment, I'm sure. Mm. Mm. We've got the holidays coming up in a few, what, oh, eight weeks? ages away. No, no, no. Woolworths has got their Christmas goodies starting to roll out. <laughs> and he just had the last holiday, beginning well, of did. this month. You did. Um, uh, the US dollar, well, unfortunately, your holidays got more expensive if you're going to the US. Oh, the dear. Australian dollar was down 2.5% against the US dollar, 77.02 cents. Uh, against the British pound, we were down about 3% to 58.09 pence. And against the New Zealand dollar, who's got very cheap broadband, I'm told, oh. yeah, $65 for one gigabyte 
65 mm-hmm. New Zealand okay. dollars. Um, yeah, so their, their, their exchange rate was pretty much steady. So, so at one point, uh, dollar, a dollar 11 for one Australian dollar. And the euro, we were down about 2% against the euro to 65 euro cents. Mm. Um, so all your holidays have got a bit um, more expensive, expensive since last week. And um, uh, the All Ordinaries Index um, was uh, pretty much even on the week, was 5,972. So we're slowly edging close to the to the 6,000 mark. Uh, the S&P index was uh, 2,557, which is similar to last week, and the uh, Nikkei was 21,707, which was up 1.2% on the week. Um, um, some stocks, selected yes. stocks, um, BHP was $26.82, which is, is up you know, 0.9% on the week. Um, CBA was $78.63, which is a 10 cent change on the week, and NIB was $6.27. And Telstra, even Telstra was up a cent on the week to $3.52. Mm, there so, you go. So it's not, not right up where better, it was. Looking but, a little bit better. Mm, and mm. the uh, the oil price, the, the unloaded fuel price in Newcastle was up 1.7% to $1.24.8 a litre, and in Sydney it was $1.26.3, which was down 6% on the week. And for those people lucky enough to have diesel, the diesel price was $1.25.9 in Newcastle, which is up 0.7% on the week. And... The Sydney was a dollar twenty eight point six, which is uh, up nine percent, nine cents on the week. Mm. Our weekly market update with Henry Jennings from the Marcus Today Financial Newsletter. Henry, Stephen, how are you? Good. So, what tech conference are you out teching about? Um, I'm at a, um, a tech conference in the city of Sydney. Yes, and there's a lot of. Um, a lot of newish companies, ASX-listed companies that are presenting. Just heard from Uhera, uh, which does uh, eye intelligent earbuds. So that was interesting. And a, and a robo 3D printer company as well. So, uh, oh, okay. Some, some, some interesting companies presenting. So, uh, so it's, a, yeah. it's kind of a company tech conference, not a not a, just a technology conference. No, it's, it's a company promotion. Oh, well, that's all right. Where, yeah. where they get, get to do 20 minutes of promoting their wares in front of a bunch of investors and people. Oh, that sounds interesting. That still sounds interesting. Yeah, no, it is. It is, it is interesting. Yes. Although, although I sent a picture to someone and they said, where are all the millennials? Because everyone looked like they were out of an advert for Ashley and Martin or, or Greece in 2000. Well, they, they, they were probably down getting some avocado and sourdough or something. Yeah, could well be the case. Well, it might be down enriching ANZ. His profits are up 15% on the, on the year. Yeah, ANZ numbers were okay. Um, they were pretty much bang in line. Eighty cent dividend, six point nine billion dollars in profit. So you know, it's it's, it's uh, pretty soon we're starting to talk real money. These guys are making, um, but um, I guess the, um, the the thing that worried the market, if there was something that worried the market, was just the um, one of the state of all the statement from the um, the CEO Shane Elliott suggesting that uh, the outlook was somewhat subdued and that they were still under the cosh a little bit. I guess from from APRA and regulations, and also um, just competition was pretty tough. So, um, yeah, so it wasn't wasn't all sunshine and oranges, but um, a pretty solid result, but not very exciting. Bad debt provisions down, so that was uh, that was one of the big drivers of the business, and costs also uh, seem to be under control. Yes, and the other thing that's in the banking sector, there's there's talk that the banks are going to settle this uh, case about alleged rate. Rigging that ASIC interest rate rigging that ASIC's um, been pursuing for for or must be over a year now. 
Um, yeah. So do you think that's going to happen? Um, well, the, the, the banks seem to be in negotiation. ANZ have already settled for, I think, $80 million. Uh, NABs are currently uh, in negotiations to settle. Um, and Westpac have said, no way, Jose, we did nothing wrong. Yep. So um, they're going to fight it, I think. But um, this, this relates to uh, the uh, interbank, or the BBSW, yeah. as it's called, um, which is the bank uh, interbank sort of swap rate that um, they agree. And it's, I've got to say, it was always kind of a, um, an ancient protocol for fixing rates, which um, seemed a little strange because they just basically asked people what the rates would be, and, and they told them, and it just didn't seem to have a lot of transparency or a lot of... Um, uh, 20th, 21st century smart, so it was always kind of open to um, a little bit of rigging, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. depending on people's positions, and these guys have been caught out, and they're paying for it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, sounds a bit like the gold market in London, where they raise the flag. Yes, yeah. well, all, all, the, all these things, when they say it's the gold morning fix, yeah. the reason it's called a fix is obvious. <laughs> uh, and so, so speaking of fix, Mesoblast claims that the sell-down by their one of their largest shareholders is is not a reflection on Mesoblast prospects. But the share share prices of Mesoblast have been dropping for quite a while. Um, yeah, and the share, unfortunately for for me, because I actually put it into our small cap portfolio um, a, a few days ago, actually before the uh, the issue, um, they recently did a uh, capital raising of a dollar forty. Um, and it looked like the coast was clear. They were cashed up, lots of trials to come. And then uh, Teva, which is an Israeli pharmaceutical company, which kind of inherited the, um, the share stake uh, a little bit to a deal they had done earlier and also um, had pulled out of. So it was, it was kind of a bit of an anathema that they still had the shares. Um, they sold 29 million shares at $1.50, uh, which was around 6% of the company, which has somewhat put a dampener on proceedings, to say the least. And, of course, Mesoblast, as you rightly say, have said that it's no reflection on us, but you have to say, well, it may be. So yeah. I have to, have, to, have to think about that one at the moment. I'm not, uh, not too pleased, but that, that's life in the big city. Yeah. Well, that, no, biotech stocks are always a, yeah, a bit of a risk yeah. as well. You know, well if they, if they get it right, you can make a lot of money. Well, that's right. I mean, they are somewhat binary outcomes. You're either up or you're down. Um, you know, if Mesoblast, if their stem cell technology can be proven to work, and they're undergoing uh, trials at the moment, and they're not cheap trials, they do gobble a lot of money, so you would kind of hope that they're going to get some uh, positive results out of it, then, uh, you know, the stock will be uh, rocking and rolling and back up to those heady days of 7 $8. But if it's, um, if it's wrong and there is no benefit, then they will be $0.40 cents and searching for an out. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's, um, it's a cruel mistress the biotech game. Mm-hmm. And so mm. other 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 cruelties is, is down at the uh, down at the retailer who sells stuff that no one wants to buy down at Myers Solomon who supposedly <laughs> supposedly burnt all these bridges and is trying yeah. to buy it on the cheap. Well, this is getting ugly. You got Solomon yeah. Lou who's got eleven percent of the stock. He bought it at the, I think around a dollar ten off of memory. Um, and uh, the stock's currently sort of 70 odd cents. So he's, he's under serious water and he's agitating for some serious change, uh, you know, change in directors, um, CEO under pressure. They've got a November the 1st, they've got a strategy day where they, um, you know, the new guy, well, he's not that new anymore, but Richard Umbers will be uh, presenting and trying to, uh, to, to communicate the new Maya strategy. Unfortunately, 
Um, the new Maya does look a little bit like the old and tired Maya. They, they did make a bit of a, a boo-boo with um, the Sash and Bide uh, acquisition. They've also made a bit of a boo-boo with um, Topshop. So um, he, he hasn't got too many runs on the board and very much uh, company under pressure and Solomon Liu um, is not going to go away quietly into the night. No, he won't go away. He won't go away. No, no, no. He won't. You know, he's back from his summer holiday sunning himself on the French Riviera on his yacht. He's got to so, do something um, now. He's got to so do he's, something. So he's got to do something. Exactly. Right. So, you know, yeah. it's just, uh, he's, he's grumpy to be back, so he might as well get grumpy at, at Maya. Well, he's got cause, though, really. He's got a lot of cause, you yeah, know. Yeah. He's got a huge cause. And, of course, this is the time of year where um, they should be doing relatively well being the spring yeah. racing carnival, and they do love to push the spring racing carnival and fashions and all that sort of stuff and the birdcage at the Melbourne Cup. Yep. So, um, and leading into Christmas, this is kind of a crucial time for these guys. So I have to say, while I'm in the city, I might, might take the opportunity to go and wander around by and see how many people are there and how many carrier bags are, uh, are being... Uh, being uh, carried around with actual Maya stuff in it. And uh, Bega Cheese has come out and said that, I mean, after they've bought Vegemite and a few other things, they've come out and mm. said they're looking for some more acquisitions. Do you think Murray Goulburn's in the, the sights here? Um, it has certainly been rumoured. We should hear more from Murray Goulburn actually tomorrow. They've got their AGM. There's a, there's a few players that are simply chasing them. We've got Fonterra, uh, Bega. There's a number of Chinese players as well. And there's a Canadian company called Saputo. Um, which bought uh, Warnable Cheese and Butter. So, um, so certainly there's some, some interest in the dairy sector. Um, I guess, um, you know, at the moment, one of the hot commodities is butter. Butter's up 35%, I believe. Um, there seems to be a butter shortage. I'm, I'm kind of, you know, that seems to be a bit of a churning story to me. And it's just, I, I find that a bit weird. There's so much milk around. We're told there's a milk, milk price is down, and yet there's a butter shortage. Um, I, 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 I don't that does puzzle me. They're saying it's because people are switching from margarine to butter. But, really? Yeah, supposedly. But I wouldn't have thought there'd be that many people who'd switch who'd, who'd create a huge shortage of butter, you know, almost overnight. So, no, well, no, just... I think I think there's something weird going on because, uh, you yeah. know, everyone keeps telling us that the milk prices are depressed and you can buy yeah. a litre of milk for a dollar. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't seem that difficult to turn milk into butter. People have been doing it for a long time. Yeah, yeah, you can go down to David Jones and they've got a little machine you can make your own. Turn your oh, hand. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, how long your hand lasts turning it round, I don't know, but anyhow. Um, oh, 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 I see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And down You're at. Cutting out croissants. That's right, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And down at West Farmers, um, West yep. Farmers is, is now defending their UK investment and saying it'll, it will eventually make a profit. Is this, is this Bunnings in, in the UK, the, the West Farmers masters, do you think? Well, that, that's certainly hope not, but uh, Bunnings paid uh, quite a lot of money, actually, for um, uh, a British um, homeware, well, home business, home DIY business called Homebase, uh, and they are going to Bunningsize it, and it's British Bunnings, I guess, um, with complete with uh, a rural fire service sausage sizzle on a Saturday and a Sunday. Yep. Um, but unfortunately, it doesn't look as if it's working just yet. Um, they uh, the sales were well down, I think around thirteen point eight percent, and they also uh, dropped around eighty nine million dollars in in a, a loss in the last quarter on the business. So it's taking a lot longer to turn around. Maybe there's a uh, the British public are more fickle. Um, they're certainly not um, no different to Australians in terms of DIY, but maybe they're just a little bit more fickle 
And there's also a lot more competition with some pretty big established players. And as you say, the worry is that this becomes the, the millstone chain around their neck, uh, like Masters was for Woolies. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got the other problem they've got, of course, is Target, which is still underperforming. Why they don't uh, just merge that with Kmart, I have no idea. Because um, Kmart seems to be doing quite well, and Target seems to be doing pretty badly. Um, so, you know, people suggested that, you know, they'll be very quick to cut the uh, British Bunnings and change it and swap it all around if things aren't going well, but they haven't been very quick to cut the target business. They've held on to it for donkey's years and have been trying unsuccessfully to turn it around. So there is some concerns, I guess. And uh, against that backdrop, the Coles business wasn't going spectacularly well either. So... Um, so it's um, not all um, not all beer and skittles around at uh, West Farmers. They have a new CEO. This was uh, Richard Goyder's swan song after over ten years at the um, at the mm-hmm. top of the, of, of um, West Farmers. So uh, he probably would have liked to have gone out on a bit more of a high. But he still would have been well paid, though. Oh yes. Yeah. And now and now he's the chairman of um, Woodside, I believe. So oh, okay. Well, that's it, he'll be he'll be dipping his head well and truly in the same trough. Yeah. Um, and you know he's a very respected Western Australian businessman, so he won't be short of a quid. I think he's done squillions over the last uh, yeah. um, ten or twenty years, courtesy of West Farmers. Yeah, and so down at Whitehaven, they're they're looking to acquire some more coal assets. And why wouldn't you? Why yes. wouldn't you? We seem to be addicted to coal um, as a country. Uh, you would have thought that they're um, now they would have been a bit more aggressive, maybe with Rio's uh, coal and allied assets which they sold to Yan Coal, but um, clearly, you know, for Whitehaven to expand, they probably need to, uh, to tack on some other things. They come from, you know, a near-death experience for doing pretty darn well out of coal in the last few years. So uh, they've probably got some cash to burn, they've got the debt load down, and they're probably ready to get out on the street and, um, and, and buy some stuff. And why wouldn't you? Yep, yep. And so, uh, so down at the the uh, uh, markets today. So you, you you mentioned you've got a small cap portfolio as well. Um, we've just started. I have to say, it's a especially starting. We started it last week when the market seemed to be um, pretty much at the top, and I tried to avoid all the ones that have been racing away. Um, so I didn't put in things like A2 Milk and Sinlay, even though we've been pretty keen on them over the years. Um, and so far, we're sort of milling around, but it is kind of a six to twelve month kind of view, so we'll wait and see. But we've found some interesting stocks to put in there, things like Zip Money and, uh, and other stocks like that, which um, changing the face of how you uh, pay for your favourite uh, retail goods. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And so all these things are written up in the newsletter? They are. You can go to marcustoday.com.au and sign up for a two-week free trial or speak to the lovely Nikki or Chi and she'll sort you out. So, uh, um, and, and we might have some stories about tech stocks next week. Well, you're going to have lots of stories. I'm, I'm on the scout for some new new additions to my small cap portfolio. <laughs> so, um, yes, hopefully we'll find some... Uh, so you've got to kiss a lot of frogs, I think. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. That, yeah, but one will pay off, mm-hmm. though. Okay, yeah, thanks, Henry. All right. Thanks, Stephen. Cheers. Bye. It is coming up to time for us to think about putting our tax returns together if we haven't already done it. And uh, probably a fairly good um, element of that is donations to charities.
Yeah, I, I, I was more thinking along the line, it's coming up to Christmas and, and everyone seems to be in Barmouth Street. If there's an election and all the political parties are there coming up to Christmas, there's all these people standing out in Barmouth Street, particularly down the James Street Plaza, wanting you to give them money. So I thought you need to think about, you know, this charitable giving and, and a, a lot of charities aren't actually what they seem. Now, the first thing you need to realise is a lot of these people who uh, are dressed up in various animal suits and things like that and and, and, and collect for, for charities are actually being paid. Mm-hmm. They're being paid and, and they're being, in a lot of cases, they're being paid commissions um, on the amount of money they, 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 they collect. So I think, you know, if you're going to give some money to charities, um, probably think about, you know, you need, and particularly if it's a, a reasonable amount of money, you need to give a bit of thought to, to, to um, who you're actually giving it to and what the money's actually going to. And I think if, if you, if you, if you actually spent the time and get, got hold of their financial statements, you, you'd be shocked at some of the charities. I mean, I, I, I know one that, uh, an institution was promoting and I, I pulled up the accounts on it and only a third of the money that was being raised for charitable purposes was actually going to where it was intended to go. By the time the administration costs were taken out, um, the, 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 the donation collection costs, there was less than a third left. So you need to think about where the actual money's going and is it going to, and, and, and is it going to be used where you intended it? And, now, is it hard to find these details out? Uh, a lot of the charities have the financial statements on the website. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing you need to watch is, um, and there's one particular one I had a look at for a client, is, is, is they, don't, they don't disclose the chief executive salary, which is always a warning sign. Now, what's also happened in some of these charities is that the, the, is the paid employees you're now finding out are getting paid more than people would in, 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 in a commercial job. I mean, there's one charity I looked at, um, for a client and they had $70 million of, of, of um, revenue and the CEO was paid uh, uh, close to a million dollars a year. Now there's no business that, that would have that amount of revenue, $70 million and pay the CEO, uh, pay the CEO a million dollars. So you need to, you need to do particularly if you're going to make a sizable amount of donations, you need to look at where the money's actually going. Mm. Um, so just because the people are working for a charity doesn't mean that they themselves oh, are giving their time. No, no. I Obviously think, they get no, paid. I think, I think you know, reasonably, if they're, if they're there, if they're there, I mean, I think they should be paid market salaries. But, but some of them, because there's no, there's a lack of transparency in this and, and people really don't know what's going on, I, I think, uh, you know, you need to look closely at and, and they should be paid market salaries. But, you know, some of the salaries are, you know, way above what you'd expect to pay. Yes. Um, yes. And then you need to look at, um, and then there's a website as well. There's the website um, that 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 ASIC puts out about some charities that are actually scams. There's a new Australian Charities Commission where you can check whether the charities are registered. And then the other thing you want to think about is is if the charity is um, tax deductible or not. So so not all gifts to all charities are tax deductible. The, the charities have to be registered as a, a deductible gift recipient number one or a deductible gift recipient number two, and they have to issue a receipt with the DG, DGR numbers on it. So if they haven't got those receipts, um, you're not entitled to claim a tax deduction for so that. So if they're one or two, are they both still? Yeah, yeah both deductible. Basically, one is a charity that actually does things 
and tour a tour type of they tend to be private foundation type things that donate their money to other to other uh, charitable organisations and two tend to be set tend to be set up like the Newcastle Permanent Foundation and other things like that which which will take public donations in oh, I'm not sure with Newcastle Permanent but DGE twos can take public donations in but they tend to give it to other charitable organisations so so you need to do that and and you know I always think that you, you there's plenty of local causes and you can actually go in and see the people who are running and ask them the questions so, so that that would be Steve and Pritchard, we're taking a look at, well, giving to charities and now claiming on your tax return. Yeah, so gifts gifts that you give to charities, um, in some cases, are tax deductible. So basically, as I mentioned before, the the charity has to have a, uh, has to be a deductible gift recipient the ato's got a got a list of those and so you have to give your money to those to 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 get a tax deduction there's a couple of other rules is that the gifts have to be more than um no the donations have to be more than two dollars um which probably goes back to the days of one pound by the sound of it. it's been for two dollars forever and 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 um you can claim up to a maximum on your tax return of ten dollars without having receipts, but after that you need you need receipts. Now, um, a couple of other things: that the donations have to be made voluntarily, and you can't get anything in return. So, if you buy um, some of these raffle tickets. Um, that's not a donation because you've got a chance of winning the prize. So you can't claim a tax deduction for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing you can do is you can you can donate certain types of property to the charity uh, other than cash, and you may be getting a tax deduction for those. There's a few rules around that. Now, some of the common mistakes people make is uh, giving money to uh, the local school. Now, that's generally not tax deductible unless unless it's to the school building fund, which will have a DGR number. Um, some of the PNC associations will have a deductible gift recipient number. Um, the other thing, they, uh, the other big area where people make a mistake is gifts to um, religious bodies. Um, generally, the gifts to the church itself, uh, the collections in the plate, uh, none of that is generally tax deductible. Um, but gifts to, to the... Um, the Associated Welfare Organisation, which are generally a DGR, such as uh, the Samaritans or the Salvation Army or St Vincent de Paul, um, if they've got a DGR number, uh, they're, they're generally tax deductible. But once again, um, that you need to get the receipts for any significant amounts of money. And of course, the Newcastle Helicopter Appeal is, is um, gifts to that are tax deductible as well. So, so you need to, if you're looking for a tax deduction, there's a few simple rules. Must be more than $2, must be a deductible gift recipient and you must get a uh, and you must get a receipt so and then of course you can um, put it all on your tax you can put it on your tax deduction <laughs> you can claim it on your tax deduction and get a a, 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 um, a some of the money back from the tax office up to half if you're in the top marginal tax rate yeah. uh, and the other thing that's becoming quite popular is these private foundations for people with a significant amount of money mm-hmm. um, they can set up a private foundation they can put um, money into that and then they can use that for charitable donations and there's some tax concessions on the earnings of the private foundation and and they can give that out down further down the track. So they're, they're not tax deductible? 
Yeah. They are taxed. Yeah, you can set up a private foundation. Your money goes into it. Yes. Um, and, but it can only pay it out to, it, it's a GD, DG2. It can, the money can, can only go out to a DG1. Mm. Um, but there is, there is some tax planning opportunities if you're, if you're planning, if, if, if you've got a high income in this year, say for example, and you're expecting a lower income in the following years, but you want to give some money to charities over the next five years, you could perhaps use a private foundation to spread your donations out. Well, giving to charity is not just so simple. Thank you, Stephen Pritchard. Thanks, Jane. And we'll be back with Thursday Finance next Thursday on 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>